Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. For those that haven't tuned in before, this is where I, James, get to talk to generally a person, maybe one or more people, about how they either got into the industry or their specialist subject. And speaking of that, today we're talking about what might called the wedge design or the folded paper design, which is what I just mm. found out today. Could be dubious, who knows? But the man that's going to sort of talk us through this is Mr. Lindsay Ross, who you may have heard from a previous podcast where he talked about his background in design, uh, where he comes through and now currently works with uh, RTR in regards to what they do. So, Lindsay, obviously a pleasure to have you back and enjoy a beer or two while we do this with Kiwi, who's sitting incredibly quiet today, which is very nice. But tell me about your, I mean, obviously, when if people listen to the previous one, they know about your own personal car, your Lotus. But what is it that about the wedge designs that really appeals to you? On, and do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so thanks for having me back. <clears throat> oh, absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, uh, the wedge designs were um, spearheaded by the Italian design houses in the late 60s and early 70s. Um, and it was really just, um, I think, a reflection of the of the culture, pop culture, or just the world world's culture at the time, and um, just the experimentation and kind of breaking rules. And um, it, what what led to the happy accident that it led to was uh, the supercars mm-hmm. of the '80s. Yep, you know, or that peaked in the '80s, I would say. Um, well, for our generation, we'd say peaked in the '80s. Yeah, and early '90s, I think is fair to say. True, but yeah. I think that the, it, uh, from, right, I'll put the marker up to the McLaren F1. Yes, I'd agree with that. Because now, after, I think that once you get the, the Bugatti, yep. um, you go into the era of the hypercar rather right. than the supercar, exactly. which is a little bit different. Yeah, and and so much more emphasis on functionality as front and center. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what McLaren really, really brought. Um, especially with that center driving position right which nobody has really been able to capture as gloriously as they have um, it's either been super compromised with one or two offset passengers but I mean the functionality of, an, of a McLaren F1 is just unbelievable mm-hmm. um, but we aren't talking about that card no 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 let's go back and talk at the start so what were the three because it's predominantly three design houses right right so there was a Pininfarina, mm-hmm. which was the most uh, prolific. Um, Bertone, which was kind of the most experimental. And then eventually, Ital Design, which uh, was by the superstar that is uh, Giorgetto Giugiaro, which, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, like Giugiaro, I mean, he designed the Esprit, so huge. You're a little bit biased here, yeah, maybe. Yeah, huge, but uh, Gandini, who was, the, who was the main guy at Bertone, was a huge influence of mine as well. Um, but what I what I appreciate, so um, Giugiaro left Bertone. He had a stint um, at Ghia after, or maybe that was before. I forget. But he, he he had a few a few contractual things that he kind of pieced together, and then he he basically just got support from friends mm-hmm. and um, business partners that were like, "You should open your own studio." And so he was the first sort of um, famous designer who had a name for himself. And in the typical Italian way, was you know supported and cocksure enough to just go out and do it yeah, and make it not? happen. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And so Italian design it lasted. I think I think until 
shoot, I don't, I, you know, we don't have the Wikipedia page because that's not what we do here. No, not uh, at all. Off the cuff, but we, um, uh, I believe it was in the 2010 range. It was just after the Gallardo, um, where um, Volkswagen, VAG, um, Lamborghini, uh, yeah, they Audi, acquired Volkswagen, what, like 90% or something? Right, yeah, they acquired yeah. a huge amount of it. And then I think they acquired all of it. Like two years ago? Uh, yeah, a couple years ago, they just took the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Jujar is in his 80s now, late, mid to late 80s. So, I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, why? You know, you're not, you're not struggling. No, keeping he's doing right. he he okay right. with he's himself. Still, yeah. You have your legacy. And yeah. I didn't realize, not only if we take a step away from the wedge design, about all the other stuff that he put his name to, mm. the moniker. Uh huh. I mean, in the industrial design front and the product design. So many um, cameras, Nik- uh, Nikons. Um, and the watches, watches, yeah, the Seiko, yeah, yeah. Seiko. I think the famous, well, the famous one that I know was the Ripley watch. Ripley, yeah, and Aliens, yeah, plural, yeah. The only good one, right? Ooh, only good one. I think so. I like Alien, the first one. I guess it's true, but, but I, Aliens was better. Yeah, and then who cares about the rest? Well, any, well, I guess action, Aliens. Let's be controversial here. Suspense, Alien. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if only they'd listened to the woman in Alien, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything would have been fine. Right. I don't think that's how scripts work. No, <laughs> they never do. But uh, uh, but then again, she did have those nice Reeboks and Aliens. Yeah. So. And yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think that he. I think that he um, was yeah much more than a car designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as evidenced by his. His body of work, one might say. Exactly, yeah. So then where where should we start, sort of, when we step um, all the way back? Which one is the first car that we should talk about first? Ooh. Which one do you want to pick? I think that we need to talk about one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1968 Alfa Romeo Carabo. Mm-hmm. I think that car gets overlooked um, because immediately following it or concurrent with it, let's, you know, let's not split hairs, was the uh, Modulo, Ferrari Modulo, which mm-hmm. was done at Pininfarina, which is insanely creative for a Pinin design. And they're usually much more reserved and production-based. And that thing looks like a like a flying saucer, like literally covered front wheels. Covered covered front wheels. I mean, people are into, you know, it's insane. Yeah, and I got to, since I got to see it last year at Pebble Beach, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's incredible. Right. I mean, it's really... It's like insane. Right. Think, where, where would that come from, or where the idea, the concept? Exactly. Of it? Yeah. But I think the the Carabo was because yeah, fair credit to the to the Modulo, the themes um, from that made it through to the five twelve BB mm-hmm. um, to production. Yeah. But if you put put those cars next to each other, you wouldn't say, oh. They're the same, but mm-hmm. one's a production version. Like, no, you'd be like, oh, I kind of, you know, like designers are like, oh, I get the theme, but average people, right? Yeah, I can see the lines. Yeah, it swings down there. Yeah, totally. I mean, swings. I don't think is in our vocabulary, but I'll well, give you that. I'll give it's you that. Sixties. It was swinging it back was, then. Oh, I'll give you that. Okay, cool. There you go, see? But average person would just be like, I, they are the. I don't. You know, sure, you're lying to me. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, they're they're not. You know, it's a very abstract connection. Um, the, the, the Carabo, it never. It never made it to production, but it inspired a lot more of the cars that did make it to production. Um, and it 
in my opinion, it has the the nice balance between 60s sensuality and, like, curvature mm -hmm. and a little bit of, like, things are done for style, you know, because. And then the 70s of, like, let's experiment and see how fast cars can go. Yeah. Um, and if anybody hasn't seen it, you need to, we'll give them. You know, hopefully, C A R A B O. Go look it up. You know? Yeah, like just the neon colors on the front and the rear, um, the logo. I mean, it's the best logo. It's the best type typography I've ever seen. I mean, forget about like accidents, grotesque, and like you know a Bauhaus like font or whatever. Like the the logo type for Carabo, where it references the wedge of the car, and then the A in the middle of the word is open like the door. It's just amazing. It's the first car that had the now eponymous with or synonymous with um, Lamborghini had the scissor doors. So you take that, that that typeface over Comic Sans? Is that what you're telling me? Just, just. just. I mean, it is a real tight call at that point. It's a toss up with that and um, windings. And no, um, <laughs> papyrus. Oh, okay. okay. Obviously, yeah. I've always done one. I I hate papyrus so much that I think if you told me that was the only font I could use. On my computer, I would just stop using a computer. And then if you told me that that I like was forced, like something genetically was in me that I had everything that came out on a piece of paper from my hand was written in papyrus, I would cut my hand off first. And then if they were like, your thoughts will now be projected in papyrus, I would honestly kill myself. Well, like, there you go. And then they used it for Avatar. Like I just so that is just, that is that's just nice a, a nice message to send everyone out there. Whoever wants to work with you in regards to business dealings, they should just send you. If emails I ever see papyrus, papyrus, yeah, I get emails that are like, "Hey, we'd really like to work with RTR." Like you know, I'm a in digital papyrus, artist or like, whatever. Yes, if they if they sent in papyrus, they'd get a response quicker. It would be a it'd be a interesting. It might not one. be the one they want to see though. Is that what you're suggesting? I don't know. We'll see. I, somebody should do it. Yeah. So please, yeah. everyone, that's a helpful tip. If you want to reach out to Lindsay to, to look for work there at RTR, send it in Papyrus. Yeah. CV in Papyrus. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Man. So the logo of the Carabo mimics the car with the door open. I mean, it's yeah. just the level I mean, it's of detail. It's so 60s and amazing. Yeah. 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 It's going right down to the T of what it is. Right. But. There's a big then, butt coming. Big butt. Mm -hmm. you, you said some keywords earlier. Yep. Folded paper. Mm -hmm. Nobody had heard of that until Jujaro and until this brie. And he had been messing around through the late 60s with stuff like the, um, the tapir um, and um, what was that Lamborghini that he did? Which one? I don't even think it'll be on your list. No, probably not. Um, it wasn't a wedge car, but he'd been, he'd been messing around with... Uh, we're looking here. Obviously, we are already very prepared. Well, yeah. He'd been messing around with a, with a bunch of kind of uh, inspired by, or let's say more in the vein of the, um, of the uh, Carabo, mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, there were, there was positive, there was negative surfaces, there was a lot of, a lot of sweeping curves and stuff like that. And and then he did the Boomerang, which mm -hmm. was, you know, we previously talked about how that was one of my favorite cars. Yep. The uh, Maserati Boomerang. And, and then the Esprit, which was the direct, um, you know, uh, 
the boomerang reduced for production essentially because it, it wasn't a lotus at first it was mm -hmm. a it was just a, a styling exercise he did um and he coined the term folded paper for that car so everything was as flat as possible services are actually a little bit positive because the flat surface will look negative um especially the scale of a car but the glass is completely flat so if you looked at the at the well, actually the front and rear windscreens are are flat, mm -hmm. but the glass on the side has some curvature, curvature. to it, which is interesting. But um, I think that that's well. First of all, I think that Lotus came in and was like, "You're going to get a massive amount of buffeting if the side glass is is straight. You're going to have, I mean, you know, whatever. Lotus fixed that car, but front and rear windscreens are flat, and so when you look at the cowl." In, from the front, the car looks ever, like super planar, and you look at it from the rear, you see the curvature of the cowl, or of the the hood surface, the bonnet, or, or what, what do you call it, the bonnet? No, because what would it be? The no, it's the bonnet on the front, but yeah. the the hood. I mean the the engines in the back. The, it would yeah, still, still be the, the bonnet. Boot. Yeah, the bonnet. No, it would be the boot up yeah. front. No, well, I guess mm -hmm. you could say either way. It's not a frunk. No, that's too I hate silly. that word. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd still say it's the bonnet still anyway. the front. And the boots at the back. When you look at it, okay, so if you look at the bonnet slash boot, mm -hmm. you're going to get hate emails because you're British and you've probably screwed that up. But I'll go with it. I'll defer to you. Look, to certainly. I'm when you look at the, at the cowl, you see a ton of curvature, and then the windscreen looks super negative mm -hmm. because it's just plumb flat, Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, and then the press took that and started calling it origami, which I heard Jujaro doesn't, doesn't like when you call it origami. Because it implies a delicate sort of thing, and his like architectural folded is not know. really delicate when you think. No, about exactly, it. and it's not it's not ornate and intricate. It doesn't fold back on itself. It's mm -hmm. just sort of this yeah, lo-fi, yeah, almost. He, you know, he was like the black keys of uh, car design. Apparently, you know, just as simple as possible. Yeah, get to the basics um, and rock it out. Yeah, and then kill it. And we spoke previously, you know, in, in terms of the of the Esprit. So I think the the background here, the overarching background, like, let's just um, stay on topic. The, the overarching background is that it was an era of car design that um, was more groundbreaking than anticipated, I think. Mm -hmm. And the cars worked a lot better than probably ever in, intended. Um, and part of that was because they were built on discarded chassis of race cars, mm -hmm. uh, or most of them. Um, so, for instance, the Carabo was built on a Tipo 33 chassis. Mm -hmm. With the um, headline round. What's that? With which, head. which, which is where they were last seasons, right? Yeah. It was like a that was 1967's chassis. So we'll use it in a styling exercise for 1968 and. Um, because of that, they had performance that would push the envelope of, you know, I mean, considering these, none of these were intended to be race cars. So they had full interiors, you know, they had gauges and dials and stuff, but they were all referenced from, um, the architecture of these race cars, which is how they came up with the cab forward, what we now call cab forward design, where your feet are between the front wheels. Mm -hmm. Um, most credit is to Gandini and the um, LP400 Countach for the first production car 
um, that's cab forward. Uh, Countach and Esprit were designed at the same time by proxy. I yeah. mean, there wasn't a collaboration, but it was just by proxy. Um, and so I, again, may be biased, but I don't, I don't think that the Countach uh, deserves that credit alone. And a lot of people just think that they went from, you know, previously the cars were the Mira. You know, that was a supercar. Mm-hmm. The sideways engine in the back, it was super heavy. You sat fully, your your feet were behind the the front wheels, and you had like a large trunk area in the front mm-hmm. bonnet you're gonna call you're gonna yeah. stick with that okay and and it you know you you almost didn't know where the engine was now these you know these race car derived things which we take for granted like of course we think of a supercar hypercar exotic whatever you want to say nowadays you're like yeah big ass engine in the back yep tiny super low wedgy shape in the front and it hadn't been done before and mm-hmm. so the forethought to like bring that to the street was just crazy. Yeah, I mean the conceptually when you think of it, I mean the cars were unless there were obviously race cars still very much the time was everything was still very boxy. Right. I yeah. mean still I mean here in even the US, a even a Mura you would never think that that's a boxy car. It's one of the most soft sensual cars that you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But if you broke it down to the architecture of that car, here is the you know occupant. Here is the engine. Here's the suspension. Here's the wheel and tire jounce, you know, envelope. It's very boxy. If mm-hmm. you broke that down, yeah, it's very, very segregated, basic level, very, yeah, right. Um, and here you're contending with, you know, your your pedals are offset from your steering. Mm-hmm. Um, that angle. I mean, the F40 is one of my favorite cars ever. That was like the zenith of the wedge cars. Um, that car has. I mean, the steering wheel is. I mean. It's like a bus. I mean, the angle, because of how fo- how forward you are, to get the steering column to intersect with where they place the steering rack. Yeah. Because, you know, the engineer didn't want to compromise on where he was going to place that steering rack. I mean, the angle of that is just insane. It's just a straight line, and you're driving a bus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. And that, nowadays, you'd never I – mean, you'd be like, oh, there's a little bit of ergonomic thing that's wrong here. I'm never going to do that, you know. Anyway – which is funny because obviously we, you and I, we think back and think the F40. I mean, one of my personal favorite cars and one I'd love to own. But then the idea, obviously, you think obviously you can't contemplating driving it. It, it obviously, if you take the monetary factor out of it, where it's, it would be very expensive with everything to do with it, whether it breaks or whatever else happens, you've got to think that if it was to drive a modern supercar or modern hypercar these days compared to a late model wedge uh, supercar. There'd be night and day difference. I mean, my mum could probably easily drive both, obviously. <laughs> but and obviously. just the, the the premise being is if you could just hop into a modern supercar. Oh yeah, I mean, and you just drive straight away, boom, boom. Right. Well, what was cool about the wedge cars is that they they required an extraordinary level of skill mm-hmm. to even pull away without stalling. You know, to yeah. be to be fair, realistically. Which is why my mum would do such a good job. Right. She's, Wonderful driver. She kills it. Yeah. 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 Um, and nowadays, you you never you never ask somebody to part with, you know, the better part of a million dollars or more than quite more than quite quite a bit more, um, and make the thing difficult to drive. Yeah, like I it, mean, it actually doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? I mean, the concept of which goes to the McLaren F1. Yeah, you know, it was the first car that they were. I mean, the car wasn't hard to drive. No, it was, but if you, we're looking now at a photo, obviously the Lamborghini Countach, Countach, to try and be polite. <laughs> Bless you. 
Yeah, you just swore at all the Italian listeners. I know they loved talk. it. It's it's because I'm Macchioni. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> um, just the idea of to reverse the car, you need to sit outside the car with the door up to reverse. There's zero visibility out the rear of that car. I mean, the premise behind that is saying, okay, we're going to give you a car, yeah. and then here I've just given you the keys. You just purchased this for a good sum of money. You yeah. have to reverse out of the parking space, but you've never done it before. So off you go. Right. Well, they'd probably show you. But there's still the, the, the premise behind But they that, would be like, what, idea. you've never sat on a sill operating barely the clutch with your toe? Yeah. Not being able to reach the accelerator. Yeah. Probably with the wrong foot, depending on which side of the car you're, you're driving on. I mean, the, just the concept like, good is luck. just, yeah, yeah, so wacky. Because in a left-hand drive car in America, if you had a Countach, you'd be, you'd be reversing most likely Would with you, your right, right foot, foot yeah. off of the clutch mm-hmm. so just the, the concept right and they it's were like so yeah weird. that's fine it's totally fine you just don't worry go. about it it's fine. yeah that's uh, what it's 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 a car it's fine. yeah just drive I, yeah yes yeah my the i mean there's obviously don't. some compromises one would have to make i mean there are compromises too I mean, the compromises are it's like the it's like the Get away! We're not going to bring up war. No, we'll try and stay away from war. Yeah, that I was going to say a moral zeitgeist, but like the the compromises are are such that like nowadays, um, of course there are compromises in these cars, but it's like storage capacity. Mm-hmm. For instance, I just rode in Vons. I mean, modern supercar rode in Vons. The four GT. Four GT, which is mind blowing. Yeah, but like you can't even carry a backpack in it. There's zero storage capacity. I, mean, I don't even know what I did with my phone. I think I was recording the whole time. Otherwise, my phone, I don't know. I don't know what Vaughn does with his phone. No, but the question is, how many cups of coffee, how many cup holders do they have? None. It I don't did, think in didn't that have car. any? I don't, I don't know. I don't I remember. Because the only one I've seen. The GT have seen probably does not. Yeah. The seats touch each other. I mean, it's so small. It's a Le Mans car. Like it's, yeah. I, I'm amazed that they even made that product. But there's space. But they just decided that they're not going to allow you to to access it, you know, on the front. I mean, there there is space. Methodology of uh, less weight, more money, kind of thing. Well, there isn't. There's not a. There's not a full fat version to reference. Yeah, you know what I mean. They didn't make one that had cup holders, cup holders and trunks. I don't. I didn't see any cup holders. Okay, it was a whole bunch of filming, and you were like, I I was too busy trying to drive it, which I didn't quite escape with. Next Um, time. Next time, Vaughn, I'm driving that car. No, uh, that car's amazing. And next time he can come on the show and talk about it. Yeah. Lindsay crashed my GT. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not have that one conversation, hopefully. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, there's compromises for where you're going to put your space mm-hmm. or put your things in the space or whatever. But the car will raise itself. You can drive it down the 405. You can, you know, you could commute in it. If you so desired. If you desired, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, these cars were, I, and I think it was the carryover, like you said, from being a race car. It was just like, yo, that's how wide they are. That's how much visibility you have, and that's where you you get to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the proportions are really interesting, really long, usually really long fronts, and then uh, like short rears, which is a very Italian thing, mm-hmm. a mid-engine car. It's really good for aerodynamics. Yeah. Eh, I mean, it's 
for what they were doing. They so found when, that to be what was good for aerodynamics. What year did they start using the wind tunnels then? Well, they had access to the wind tunnels around this time. Yeah. Um, but they were they were like sci-fi devices. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people weren't... There was no CFD, obviously. I mean, computers had just... I mean, think about this. Computers had... Just sent a man to the moon. Just, just sent a man to the moon. And they were the size of like this entire... My whole apartment. I mean, that was like one of them. And then there was like, you know, many of them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it was insane. And so there was no digitally trying anything mm-hmm. um but certainly the cars that came late 70s early 80s into Had, the 80s would yeah. have been wind you know, those were all tested in the wind tunnel i guess it's still the idea of them just driving them on the the freeway or the highway freeway the highway and the autostrada yeah. or the um you know the a lot of high speed runs on like a nardo ring ring whatever, and yeah. like you know or you know i'm sure that there are equivalent you know test courses or test uh, tracks and whatnot around there's the Tapiro. It's a cool car. Yeah, as we're looking through. So speaking of that, if we step away from the Italian aspect of this, some of the weirder ones. Right. So the Italians started it. Yeah. So the 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 history of most car design at the time was Italian, though. Mm-hmm. So it would also make sense that they were driving the trends. Yeah. They started this. Especially at that era, that uh, segment of cars, let's say that. Right. I mean, it's very flamboyant and flashy mm-hmm. and, you know, what speaks more to Italian yeah, cars. Yeah, at that stage of supercars. Yeah, definitely. Right. But even, even I think, right? I mean, <clears throat> anyway, it started in, in Italy, mm-hmm. but it was adopted, I mean, irrespective of, of the culture. Right? Mm-hmm. American, you know, studios or companies had, had gone over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we look at, we've got the list coming through here, the yeah. Corvette. Yeah, the mid-engine. Weird Corvette thing. Yeah, the, they were inspired by it. Yeah. Zora Duntov um, drove that project. That's yeah. going to come full circle with the mid-engine Corvette coming out. Yeah, C- when it comes back. Eight? Yeah, when it's going to be a 1,000 horsepower for like $70,000. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Hey. What's I that? heard they're having problems. Well, look, I mean, still, if you're going to get it, what's 600 horsepower for sixty? thousand dollars or something, something like and that. then a hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars for a thousand horsepower? i heard that there was i heard that there were problems with the baby one with the low end there still might be problems it still not means it's not definitely right, coming out right it's definitely right, coming it. out okay I'll, I'll trust you on those numbers but i mean that's what they're talking about so i yeah. mean still there's it's interesting yeah but then so that's here in the u.s and then which one do you want to go about do you want to go look uh through? well that will go go down if you scroll down to that um foxhole is really cool yeah, the SRV. SRV. I think that was done in Britain, too. It was a very Italian-looking thing. But you can see how it's not pure in its in its lines or whatever. It's, it's actually... they. I mean, that, I think that car is... I don't think it ran. I don't think it ever ran, unfortunately. And could then, be wrong in that. And then we've obviously got the vehicle that could be used to smuggle drugs, if you wished, or so designed. Ooh, that, that was a setup, Just apparently. saying. Just if you needed to, what's the perfect car? Smuggle narcotics, in one might say. I mean, any of these, really. Uh, the, he's talking about the DeLorean, which was a which is a Jujaro design, mm-hmm. uh, and a Lotus engineered a Chapman. Chapman's. Uh, if he didn't, if he didn't die, he would have been caught up with a. No, no, with a, totally. I mean, with the, a funny thing that I didn't realize though, I saw which I haven't seen many of uh, a painted DeLorean. Hmm. My buddy. Dave Beasley has a DeLorean. Is it painted? 
No, it's traditional. No, but I didn't realize they had many painted black ones. ones. This was a red one. Oh wow! Yeah, I, it, originally I saw it in a trailer for a bawdy '80s movie, mm-hmm. and I actually thought it was your Lotus until I saw the doors lift up, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, wait, that's, that's that's not that's yeah. not that's a yeah. that's a painted red DeLorean." Yeah, so weird. Some it's shared. That car was. Um, I mean, it's, that's a multinational effort. Yeah, but as well. And once you hit 88 miles an hour, I don't think it would hit hit 88 miles. Well, there's an hour, that actually. too. Not with that Renault. Yeah, I V6 mean, slush box. I mean, I have seen obviously documentaries. I saw Eddie Irvine driving an early one in the documentary that I watched on it, and it certainly did not look like it was going fast anytime soon. No. Um, but still, I mean, the concept behind it is great. The idea of the body. I think. I mean, obviously you get fingerprints on it, but then who worries about fingerprints? I these guess days? I don't. It was John DeLorean was a visionary, but also a he was so eccentric that like, why? Why do you need stainless steel? Because you're not going to do stainless steel bumpers. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to either have to go. Well, those are black, or they're going to be gray horrible plastic. plastic. Yeah, yeah, horrible shit. I mean, I've seen them on the gold. Uh, DeLorean where they're gold plastic mm-hmm. and it's not a good look no it, it's, it, it looks like tan at yes, best yeah um it's just it's strange it's solving a problem that nobody asked for but it is I mean we can say this about that car in particular it obviously is twined with a movie that's very much in touch with many people's hearts oh it's a great car and I still freak when I see them yes but you know let's let's just look at it as a product yeah. Of going, it's something you could use to go back to the future if you so desire. If that's what it allowed, I mean, you definitely nowadays you that's it's synonymous with that. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to divorce it from the, of course, which the you can't pop do. culture. Yeah, which you is, know you can't. I don't think with this car in particular. Yeah, I mean that's unfortunate. Yeah, but it's good for it. I mean, that's what you think of it as. I mean, you don't think you think of it as going 88 miles an hour. You think of it being fun. They enjoyed it. They wanted it style because that's obviously what he asked for in the movie. If you're going to go back into the future, why not go back in style? Yeah. Whereas in reality and practicality, that car was probably not. I mean, it's stylish, but it certainly was not. It's the future. It's like an alternative reality that mm-hmm. just didn't. It didn't happen. Yeah. Because I don't think it was. And th- this also, it's just unfortunate that it. First of all, it was a compromised product or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't think the product in itself, the end result, was probably not too far off of what John DeLorean envisioned. Oh. I just think that his business case of making a sort of watered-down, tamer car for the masses, that was a bit extreme. Um, was it just wrong? I mean – well, I will be, say, I you, know, you should have started with a, a with a performance version that was a little bit higher, strong, and yeah. a little bit more compromised for for that because you get all of the press and you get all of the oh good, but and then you, you you could barely then you can ramp up your. It's like Tesla; they started with the sports car, yeah, and then the high end cars, and then they They're started to down. do the bringing it back down. So. Yeah cautionary tale of what not to do with that car I think well I will say I'm looking forward to watching the documentary on them that's coming out this year yeah it'll be yep. interesting um, so these are cars that didn't really make the list as, as you see those were not pure wedge cars yeah and we've talked about talking your talking favorite about. the Lamborghini I really LP400 the original 
well, the LP500 was the show car. The mm. 400 was the production car. That's one of my favorite. I mean, it's amazing from from a car styling perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, it's yeah, it's incredible to look at. And it is literally a curse where like you're just like f like mm-hmm. how is this this is crazy mm-hmm. but i guess as an owner of an esprit mm-hmm. which is one of the most pure wedge cars i think that it i i just hate that it has to live in the shadow of the countach sure because they're completely different mm-hmm. products um and i've grown as an adult i've grown to appreciate what the esprit did so much more. I mean, you when you had the turbo on the on the wall and the 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 white car from uh, Wet, Wet Nelly or whatever the the James Bond the the first one. Oh, the which one? The Spy Who Loved Me. Where it goes yes, the water. when it goes in the water, mm-hmm. the white yeah Spy Who Loved Me car. Um, those were like you know iconic performance numbers, raw numbers were not let's say what uh set the world on fire mm-hmm. but they were honest where ferrari would deliver a 308 that was like stripped down and hotted up for the test the press, lotus yeah. didn't have the capability to do that they or, were just like give him yeah. chapman's car i guess so yeah. that they can test it like it was sort of will focus on other things right at the time. but what that translates to is like it's an amazing also they were a formula one team they weren't a car manufacturer. I mean, of course they were, but they were, you know, first I mean, and foremost. Yeah, they manufactured the cars to support the racing. To support the racing. And, and that's, I mean, that's a given. Right. And the product that they produced with the Esprit was this super stylish Italian car. And maybe if you got design. one, and if you got one built in the off-season, it was probably a little bit better built than probably, the one yeah. during mid-season. It's true. Mine was from December 81, so I've got a, a late so they probably they finished mine after, but I think I've I found out some weird stuff. My, my mine's numbers matching, but I have an engine. I looked at the pulleys on the engine. They're unlike anything I've seen in an Esprit. They match what they were uh, were in a um, um I forget the the other one, the photo one. No, 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 no. Um, it was it was the oh Christ. Um, that I'm gonna I'll just look it up real quick. But look, it's all right. It's, yeah. on, it's on the fly. We can do that. The technology these days. Oh. <laughs> I mean, today is a long day. I'm having a mind blank. Yeah, these things happen. Um. Anyway, it was uh that my engine was slated for a dif- a different car. The Eclat or something else than that? Nah, I don't think it was the Eclat. I think it was the um. Still thinking. I'm still thinking. Um, Fat thumbs. Not helping. Yeah. Anyway, it was uh, it was whatever that Vauxhall was. I think. Oh, okay. Because there was a lot of part sharing going on between the two. Yeah. Well, anyway, if it was a Vauxhall or if it was mm, whatever, this is this is boring people. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's. It's not meant. It wasn't meant for my car. Yeah, um, I just happened to get in there in the end. Yeah, exactly. But the numbers match, so and everything is stamped it. properly. But it, when it, it caused some unique, yeah, chasing down unique parts. Sure, uh, obviously. Another car that I particularly like, uh, which I always thought was called the Dome Zero, mm-hmm. but apparently it's called the Dome. Yeah, it's Japanese. Yeah, yeah. But you don't think that whenever you never see it, obviously, and you just see it in text, Dome. You, 
You know the um, you know the Mitsubishi Starion. Starion. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the history of the name of that car. I think I I heard it, but now I can't remember it on the fly. Um, it was Mitsubishi. You know, board members, Japan. You know, uh, product development uh, wanted to make a pony car mm-hmm. like the Mustang. Mustang. So why not just call it a horse? Stallion. Stallion. Yeah, Stallion. Yeah. Makes sense. And it was not nearly as multinational and global as it was, obviously, nowadays. And so in the 80s, it slipped through with an R instead of L's. And so it got called the Starion, which is kind of amazing because that's such a cooler name than just calling something the Stallion. Mm -hmm. But it's not till you are living in Japan and working at a car studio, and people are talking about the Starion, and you're like, oh, that's how you pronounce it. Oh, shit, that's how. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then you hear the story from designers that were around at the time. I think that that's great. Yeah. But, but the, the... Call it the Dome. Yeah, the Zero. Let's call it the Zero. Um, I was really happy that I got to see it in person. Careful calling it the Zero, because the Stratos Zero Well, that too. The Dome. The well, list. we're talking about the Dome 8. Okay, yeah. It's interesting because even the cars that they raced at Le Mans had mm-hmm. these weird cockpits like that. Yeah, like they really wanted. They were like, "Let's try this." And also, they this is the way to go. They didn't they like keep it going for like a real long time. Yeah. Of, but then they only made like three cars and like one race at Le Mans and then twice something weird or whatever. It's yeah. It's uh, I I appreciate it. The 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 problem when you do some when you do cars, uh, production cars, and they're not race cars, mm-hmm. uh, and then you go racing with them, is that if they don't attain uh, amazing, immediate success, then they're consigned to be failures. Has-beens, yeah. But you're like, it's so impressive that they went racing. Here's the other Zero car, the launch yeah, Strato Zero. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, this mm-hmm. thing is total design masturbation. It's just absolutely insane. You yeah. get in from the front, Cockpit like opens screen up, weird, opens yeah. up. There's no side doors. There's mm-hmm. barely a side window. Uh, and they would never go racing in that car. Strangely, they did with the Stratos, which shared, I guess, some themes. But, um, yeah, they share a name, but they, they definitely don't share, don't much, share else much else. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that The coolest thing with the Stratos Zero, and my buddy Vadim, uh, who works at Honda, it's his favorite car. Okay. He loves Bertoni. He actually worked at Bertoni before mm-hmm. before Honda, and um, he loves that car. And it's amazing. And I mean, one day you'll probably see a Honda um, on the road, and you'll be like, "Oh, that like detail looks like something from a Stratos Zero, or a or a Lambo. Um, what's the what's the four door one from the '60s? The oh, the Espada. The Espada. Mm-hmm. The Stratos Zero and the Espada. He's like obsessed with those things. I will say the Espada has an amazing tape deck setup when you're yeah. driving it. Because the tape deck is like eight feet away. Yeah. So if you are in that by yourself, that I mean, if Good you're luck. changing that yeah. tape, you have Those to stop. Land, land stop. boats. Yeah. 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 Stop. Get out, undo your seatbelt, go around the other side, open the door, change the tape, flip it over, and then get back in the car and drive off again. Uh, it's, a fort. it's like uh, nowadays the Audis that blink at you to get a cup of coffee when you've been on the road for so long. Oh, is that what they do? Yeah. Well, I know obviously with the right. autonomous cars in, every 30 yeah. seconds, that's just doing well if you're not touching it. Mm-hmm. It shakes, which is kind of interesting too. Yeah. That's a different story. Anyway, yeah. they would never, you know. So full credit to Dome 
for just uh, grabbing the car, throwing it on a trailer, and going to race. Well, I mean, you know, that's obviously not what happened, but they developed a car from it to attain worldwide success at Circuit de, de la Sarthe and did, uh, it didn't you know, quite do didn't it quite. well. But it makes for really good photos when it's, you know, all dirty in the yeah. rain. And Almost. it's really good to play on video games because it's obviously the only time anyone's ever going to get to use it. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's the lasting legacy of these wedge cars is that when we're not even able to own cars in the future, we're able to play these on icons video games. on video games. Yeah. Also, they have really cool names. Can I just say, obviously, mm-hmm. as we sk- skip past the Holden Hurricane, mm-hmm. I mean... Surprised you didn't pronounce it Hurricane. It's obviously Hurricane. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Hurricane. Oh, there we go. Um, but I just, I mean, it's an incredible name oh. behind it. So yep. it's like, just Ki- Kiwi will like this. Jujaro wanted to name the Esprit the Kiwi. Really? Mm-hmm. Why was the, what was the reasoning behind that then? I don't know. I assume maybe because Kiwi birds have sharp beaks. Oh, but they're, cu- well, they're funny because they're curved. Yeah, they, well, they don't, the profile point. doesn't look, but so maybe the fit? beak. I don't know. Huh. Interesting facts here. I Strange. like it with Lindsay. Yep. Facts with Lindsay. Facts. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's. Is there anything else that we should talk about here? I mean, we could talk about the vector. The vector thing is insane. I that's mean, like, uh, it's so American. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we're going to make this car fast. And be like, okay, cool. How are we going to do it? And be like, as much power as we can. Like, yeah. What, and and what I always remember the, the adverts for it were like, it we can go 300 miles an yeah. hour in this car. Exactly. It's That's like the Sega Genesis of. It's like, what makes this better? And it's like, it's just better. And I'm like, okay, but... Why? why? No, it's just better. Just listen. Just, yeah, just trust us. Yeah. Um, I liked it because I had a Matchbox car, but... Yep. I had a... You probably had, had Hot Wheels. A, I had a Hot Wheels. Yeah. I had Matchbox and Hot Wheels. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, we weren't brand loyal back then. Yeah. but I, it like, was just... I like Hot Wheels now. Yeah, they're just easy to... <clears throat> yeah. I like Hot Wheels too. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, well, I've got my connection downstairs. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to show you. Because um, they're easy to store kind of things. Yep, yep. You can even look to your right and see a couple of cars on display there. See? Yep. We went over them last time. Mm-hmm. But enough about that. Back to the Vector. I mean, the Vector was just like a weird time when they had... That was like when they had like the... Um, it was heavily influenced by the the... Evolution of the Countach. Yeah, but you then, know what I'm saying. And then they had those weird uh, the Ferraris that came out that were like the twin turbo Ferraris that would go like 1500 miles an hour or whatever they were at the time. That I can't think of the German tuning company that was doing them now. Koenig. Oh, Koenig. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like based on uh, like on Testarossa anything. or yeah, anything. Testarossa's, yeah. and they looked kind of like a 40s. Yeah, and they had like weird string. like yeah, yeah. It looks like they the same thing. Yeah, it's just like we'll just make more power. So obviously, it goes. I saw something. I posted the Lotus on the Instagram, or somebody posted, or I think Vaughn did because we I went driving that car with him in the GT. Mm-hmm. It was not as slow as I expected. I mean, I've driven the car with some fast cars before, and I was kind of like, ah, okay, but like, I mean, a proper supercar and I'm not gonna there's no pretenses in saying that A I'm as good of a driver as one and B that that car is anywhere near the amazing Ford GT but mm-hmm. but you're saying surprisingly up to, up to 70 miles now it was pretty comparative in speed is that what you're saying between the two no I'm not saying that at all I'm saying that up to 35 miles an hour it was pretty comparative oh no I think higher speeds are more comparative okay so when you're going it, around the corner it does not accelerate 
It doesn't accelerate no, nearly yeah, as fast. Yeah, true. So you're going to say, so when you're going between, say, 35 to 45 miles an hour around the bend, they'll keep up with each other? I mean, if you doubled that, then... So you whistled it on a private road, obviously. Clearly on a private road. The, the amount of speed and the stability of the Esprit was mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Like, now, like actually staggering. Would you think that... So, so what year is your car? Is it 80... It's an 81. 81. But are, we, are you still running... Your tires must be modern, though, right? Yeah, Everything I have... Else in this I, have um, I have Pirelli... They're not... I mean, they're nothing crazy. Yeah, but they're just uh, a, they're a P- modern sports P-Zero, car. P-Zero, yeah. Asymmetricals up front, and a P600 in the rear. Yeah. So you got to think that that obviously has something that to do helps, with... That helps, but that's, that's, that's also why I'm going to make new wheels for it to get sizing correct okay. and be able to run an R888 or, a, or an NT01 mm-hmm. or even a Proxus TA1 or whatever. Yeah. Just something that's a little bit more sticky, sticky. Yeah. and modern. Yeah. Because it would help. Because, yeah. Because everything helps. I Funny what technology to does. slicks on it. But I don't have the power to... I don't need the power. I don't need the slicks. Well, I mean, from Be someone cool. that I know But that the re- point is, that I think Vaughn posted it on his Instagram, and somebody came through and being like, ah, Vector W8 is way better than that Esprit. And I'm like, yeah, fucking of course. Like, you're talking about, like, a late 80s, like, insanity. Yeah. Like, versus, like, a because, very British, like, post, like, you know, well, also you're talking about just post-rations, you know what I mean? Like, just Christ. Yeah, and there's a... Built by, I like, mean, a, in a shed in Norfolk. Like, yeah. come on. But then again, you could say, well, how many vectors did they make? Right. Like, good luck. And what is it? I mean, like, where, where I mean, does I've, it stop? I've seen two vectors in my life. I've seen... Ooh, two, I think, as well. Yeah, so I've seen two. Owned yeah. by the same person. Mm. Bizarrely. Mm. That's... At a car show, both would not look. I will say this: both were not looking as nice as your Lotus. I will say that. Put it this way: the Vector wasn't on my wall. I think that thing is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I think you could. Work. I mean, <laughs> I think it's cool. It's impressive, but like, I mean, you. I mean, it was. There's, there's nothing can't, pure about it. Yeah, and you can, can't beat around the bush. It was a failure. Right. Yeah. I mean, for what you set out. I mean, you talked about it. Being, I mean, you can, the cockpit is cool. Oh, I mean, but it's it's also it, I don't know, uh, well, let's, let's be nice. I'll say one nice thing about it: it looks good as a Matchbox or a Hot Wheels car. Yeah, but anything more than that, it's. Can we talk about a successful yeah. car that's kind of insane that isn't on the list? Of course. Um, let's finish on that. The M1. Well, we've got though. No, you've got the turbo on there. Yeah, but wasn't that the genesis behind the M1? Kind of. I mean, the M1 was 78, 79. Yeah, and then Turbo the, was 72. To support the Formula 1 season. Yeah. Obviously. Well, the Pro Car ended up doing that. Yeah. But the M1, yeah, I mean, it referenced the, the 72 Turbo. Yeah, I mean, it looks... Awesome. Yeah, but you could that is when you could easily link the two. You put them next to each other and say... Yeah, but the it looks like the Turbo... Influenced by an Esprit mm-hmm. quite a bit. Well, yeah. Because Jujaro did the M1, the actual yeah. production M1. Yeah. But the Pro Car M1 with the flares, the BBS E55 wheels, mm-hmm. the big wing, mm-hmm. the that car is awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rein in my expletives here. No, but that, that car is awesome. Completely agree. I mean, that is a fantastic car. I mean, it's a fantastic car to look at. It was fan- it's even fantastic to watch them race. Yeah. When you see if you watch, oh, watch them on YouTube when you see them race. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I think that that's the... I mean, honestly, I'd like to see that again now. Something similar to that. We had a one-make series that was like real outlandish. Yeah. By supercars of the stage and age, hypercars, by one company that would bring them up. Maybe it's something that Ferrari should do with something in theirs where they bring something outlandish right. and have them. And 
and followed the F1 circuit. As a support circuit. series, like yeah. Porsche did with the uh, with the IROC exactly. cars. Yeah, definitely. And then and then eventually uh, well, got Camaros. The, yeah, they got the obviously the Ferrari Challenge, which they could pin with it, but I'm sure it's licensing and all these things that we can't fathom and yeah. question. But the idea behind it having... I think that there should be... But it's weird because it's never televised. What was cool about it, it was that you had top-level drivers mm-hmm. driving in these cars on Grand Prix weekends, and it became a series in itself and a popular... I mean, it was it was great. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody would bother nowadays. But their support series... I mean, I think what most people don't realize, like you go to MotoGP or... or At least with MotoGP, you have the other series in the yeah. Grand Prix calendar and the tour around with the circus and those are televised whether you watch it or not whatever but like the porsche cup race that will you know run with the grand prix that weekend or whatever those i mean i don't know where you find those it's not the same part of the same tv package you know which is unfortunate that you have and we'll be honest and say while those drivers are obviously very very good no i want to see they weren't some of the caliber say that comparatively raced in the because we're like a jackie x whatever driving right exactly exactly Yeah, throw Danny Rick and and Hamilton and Vettel into equal machinery, but don't make me wait until like the race of champions at the end of the season. Like, let's do it on a Friday and Friday afternoon or Saturday, yeah, or whatever after qualifying. Yeah, but nah, come on, nowadays nobody can get they're they're, pay, they're getting paid insane it's, amounts of money. Yeah, well, there's to represent that, a brand. Yeah, now, not only which, that, I think it's the the risk could be too much, and there's too much work between anything. I don't know if one weekend where they're doing anything. Yeah, maybe, but because every it, they obviously, can do it. as you know, nah, they can do it. They're that's that's bullshit. They they could do it. Well, they could. They but they never would be allowed to. That's the shit thing is that the the teams would never. You know, Ferrari would never let one of their drivers hop into a BMW and no. and drive that yeah. thing. Yeah. There's no there's no way. The minute that you sign that contract, you. I mean, you know, your mom drives a Ferrari for the re- for the, as far as the world can tell because you aren't seen in anything else, mm-hmm. and that's kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. But, but anyway, whatever. Yeah, but no, let's so BMW the E25, lovely M1 yeah. that came from it, lovely M1 as well. That came from it, and the M1 Pro Cut, yes, lovely, lovely, e- lo- lovely, loveliest. Yeah. I think I think we should end on on the fact that the legacy of the of the wedge cars continued into the '80s and became all of all of our iconic. I mean, the, like I said, the zenith of the F40. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much more functional, but but, uh, but pin- decades of development yeah, behind it. Yeah, the pinnacle is the F1, and the F1 was, I think, the the that was the the transition point because transition that's where point. you went from. Well, you it got away, from, right? Yeah, so it looks good. And it keeps to that sort of the idea we want a low, sleek race car. Right. Easy. But then it's got the practicality of, well, actually, I can carry more than one person this. Yep. We've got room for luggage. Yep. We've got a very nice sound system because Ken would drop 3.8 pounds off that one to make it because that's what Ron Dennis asked for. That's right. you got the tools. And it was designed by, well, design and, and um, had evolved at that point, especially aerodynamics. You start pushing those speeds. Yeah. And it has a link, obviously, back to it because Peter Stevens, right, who he, did the Lotus, the second when, generation of Lotus, Lotus Esprit, yeah, yeah that's X one eighty. And I think that uh, Gordon Murray also really harks back to the the wedge cars as well, right. And I mean, and I he think talks that about it, I, think. I think that while Gordon Murray didn't ever work for Colin Chapman, because I think that he he realized that they were just incompatible as far as you know, he is a very um, outspoken and driven 
uh, leader, mm-hmm. like say, and uh, so was Chapman. And I think that you know he was happy to happy to not, but he really respected Chapman. And I think that part of part of that definitely filtered through to the extreme lightweighting on the on the um, McLaren F1. But yeah, that's when computers really started coming into into the. Yeah. Using them as a, yeah, as a design, design. And, a, and an R and D tool, and they, you know, you start really. Now, the funny thing is, though, I have a, you know, I CFD the model of an Esprit, mm-hmm. and I was I was blown away at how efficient it was. I mean, sure, like there's weird stuff like undercuts and 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 whatnot down at the lower rockers and stuff like that. That nowadays, I mean, you could you could add things to it and and make yeah. it a lot more. Efficient, especially I mean, in front of the front wheels. And yeah, stuff, I know but. that. A shout out to my friend, my digital artist friend, John Sibal, mm-hmm. who likes to work with cars and move them around and play with them and whatnot. I'm still waiting, John, for that Lotus Europa that you promised me. No pressure, John. Ooh. This is for you, John. I'll see you next week when this is out, John, so you'll have already listened to this. So uh, <laughs> just remember I'm coming for you, John. I'm going to write a note on whatever I've promised you. I know. See, no pressure. I like to I uh-huh. never forget. Just call me the elephant. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we should probably wrap this up right yeah. about now. No, I think that that's a nice place to end. Is this weird sliver of time that inspired so much creativity and experimentation, mm-hmm. and and became what we think in our generation some of the icons. Yeah, and it's as we can. I think I'd say that we could lean on this where something that was this was very much a design focus where we right. change the shape of cars, but then it's led to now where everything's being with engineering coming into the play, it was a period of where the zenith of what we both think is one of our favorite cars is when they caught up with each other. Yes. They intersected perfectly. They intersected perfectly. Yeah, I mean, the F40 was the fastest car in the world when it was debuted. And still, till very, very much later when someone finally pipped it. Right. I mean, I think that there's an anecdote that when they had the um, F1 versus the Veyron on Top Gear, they had to do a couple of runs because the F1 kept beating the Veyron. Uh, I, I don't doubt I mean, the car's... I mean, it's so analog. It just goes hand-in-hand hand with analog and digital. But the the F1 is... I think it's amazing. Yeah. It changed the world, just like these did 20 years prior. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Lindsay, if people... 30 wanted to... years. Oh, no, yeah, 20, yeah. 25 years. Yeah, 94, yeah. right? For 90, 25 yeah. years. So about 25 years, yeah. So speaking of that, Lindy, if anyone's wanted to track you down and find you tootling around in your Lotus, where's the best place to find you? Los Angeles. At a mixed Jaguar show, probably. Oh, but uh, online, if they can't get here to a mixed Jaguar show. Uh, they're a New York band, but everybody should check them out. I love those guys. They're killer. Um, find me on mixed Jaguar Instagram. All right. I, I want to shout them out. Well, they need to be the be- the. They're my buddies, and well, they need they to better. be the best. Th- they need to be the next best. Like It's just amazing. No pressure, guys. Now, obviously, Lindsay's put the pressure on you now. Super sick underscore at, on Instagram. Look, if it, look, you want to put a word in for them? They could do the intro music for the podcast. I just need seventeen. Ooh. I need twenty-five seconds, 25 and then like seconds. ten seconds to come an outro. All right, I'll I'll put in I'll put in a good word for you. Because I mean, at the moment, I've just got some beats that I dropped when I created them. I made. like your intro. Well, look, nice. I made it it's myself. I tried it. Well, see, music production look, is. Uh, I've got a new career, but. Um, I should say thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as always, we will want you to subscribe. Get someone else to subscribe. I don't want to thank anybody for listening. Well, I will thank them for you because I like them all listening. Not just my dad and my mom listening. <laughs> but we've also got people like Ray. I'd like to thank your mom because she's really good at, at, uh, at driving stick. She is. She yeah. is that's what she loves. Yeah. And she's, uh, but my dad, well, I will say no, that my wife even is the best parallel parker that I know. 
Women are so good at parallel parking. But my dad always taught me the trick that I didn't realize. Like, look, for, if you want to parallel park, look to try and park in a spot that's got a window so you can just look at the window and see where your car is. Ooh, that's a good trick. See? Little tricks that you learn. Has, I mean, you could probably do that high street. You know, no, that's what I mean. So high yeah. street. So yeah. said high street. First yeah. way to do it. Straight yeah. to look just at the window. Yeah. Easy as that. But also got a shout out to Radar Mag Dave, who produces a lovely magazine and always sends me the most interesting messages on Instagram. Also got a shout out to Cranky Mal, who says the nicest things possible about Kiwi on Kaiju Kiwi's Instagram. Also, other friends like Andrew, who got to meet, who told me some fantastic tips. Um, if I'm going through my messages now, I've got Jalil, who also is a fun listener, which is nice because I don't get these many messages. So it's always nice to give him a shout How out. How do you know that they're a fun listener? Well, he seems like a nice guy. He said a nice message to me. Oh, okay. So, I just I, I I envision that he's having fun whilst listening. Well, he is because he's working, so okay. he listens to me on the No Breaking podcast. More probably my guest, who is more fun, who enjoy it, who learns while he's working. So that's got to be fun, right? Uh, yeah. No, I think anyway, you're making uh, education fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, and as I go, where well, I've got to try scrolling down my list here of all the people I've got to try and thank. Uh, there I go. Uh, 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 but yeah. But other than that, subscribe. You can find us now, since the magic of the internet, on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and of course, iTunes. Um, Wood Heron, another one of the listeners out there, also lucky enough, he won a competition when he was monitoring the Instagram account, so you could be like him too, and get a free video game occasionally. But other than that, remember, ask us any questions on Instagram, email me, james at no breaking, ask about guests, we're always looking for new tips. If you want to find someone on here, you let me know, and we can try and get them on. But until then, guys... Thank you so much for listening, and uh, leave us a positive review on that note. Good review. It'd be nice. Even if you didn't like it, please just leave a good review. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's, there's, say you can only give five stars. I mean, you should write to Apple and say, no, we need to give more than five stars this podcast. I think what you should do is ask your listeners to, to grade on a 10-star scale. Yeah. So even if you're average... It starts at 10. R- well, yeah, so it's like... I loved it, James. I mean, I had a couple things. I'm going to give you a 9 out of 10. Oh, I can only go 5. Just give 5. Just give 5. Yeah. That and then if you're like, oh, it was average, you're like, okay, give me 5. 5 out of 10 is average. Perfect. Give 5. There you go. Let's, I couldn't think of that any better to be yeah. said. Lindsay, thank you so much for that. Thanks again for guesting. Thanks the history lesson. And thanks so much for listening to us. See you next time. Bye-bye.